Kingsford announces this year's Fellows of 2022 recipients of the Kingsford Preserve the Pit program, Brian Furman stands inside of his new or soon to be new office, as well as we're talking about vegan barbecue. All this and more coming up on This Week in Barbecue. Hey guys, Rashid Phillips here and welcome to another episode of This Week in Barbecue. This Week in Barbecue is the barbecue-focused podcast that brings you both the good, bad, and everything in between in the world of barbecue. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again and if this is your first time, please, it means a lot to me if you would like, subscribe, and share, and leave a review on whichever podcast platform you're listening in on. Now let's get right into it with some great news, shall we? First up. Big news, Kingsford has announced the class of 2022, the fellows of the Preserve the Pit program. If you've been listening in over the last couple of weeks, Kingsford has uh, started their Preserve the Pit program again for the or continued their program for the second year where they have selected several fellows to be mentored by an all-star list of mentors. I'm talking about you have people like Brian Furman, uh, Kevin Bloodsoe, Dr. Howard Connors, and so much more. Well, this week, Kingsford has finally announced the recipients of that fellowship, and we just want to give them a round of applause and a huge thank you. I will introduce you to some of them here. We have Terrence Nicholson, uh, Old Hickory, Tennessee, better yet known on social media as uh, Zilla Pit Barbecue. Amazingly wonderful food. You should definitely take a look and check it out. We've got Marvin Ross of Somerville, South Carolina. Now, Marvin runs a peculiar pig farm, which actually he raises his own hogs, which is a a very big deal. You guys have heard me talk time and time again over the past episodes just how high meat costs are. So Marvin would be a horrible guy to get to know a bit, you know. Next up, we've got Cameron Brooks, Fort Worth, or excuse me, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and Cameron runs Brooks Barbecue and Chicken. Uh, It's the first black-owned barbecue restaurant in Fort Wayne, and that's really amazing. Congrats to you, brother. I know he's in the midst of a rebrand and has just acquired a brick-and-mortar in uh, Union Street. So the funds and the tutelage and the guidance from this Preserve the Pit program is definitely a huge win at this phase. We've got a duo here, Joseph and Laura Payne of Aurora, uh, the founders of JP's Q's. Uh, Joseph and Laura bring a twist to their condiments. They offer uh, spices, sauces, and different flavors that integrate both black and Mexican heritage. So, you know, barbecue is just a hodgepodge of flavors, skills, and stories. So I think it's a wonderful fit. Congrats to them. Now, speaking of condiments and sauces and flavors next up we have donnell career of smyrna georgia uh this hits home because donnell is actually the co-packer for phillips barbecue co he does a wonderful job we are 100 satisfied with him and his skill so if you have one of our three rubs either slab father good feathers or american prime it's packaged here by donnell very proud and happy to support him and if you don't have a rub well, you know, click a link in the show notes to get you some. It's worth it, I promise. And uh, that is the, no, actually, we've got one more. Rounding it out is actually Rashida and Timothy Marshall. I like that name for obvious reasons. Uh, from Stone Mountain, Georgia. They run and operate Soul Pit, a.k.a. Uh, Ra Ra's Home Cooking and Catering. 
So it was established in 2020. Timothy is the grill master, along with his four children, helping out doing various thing in the uh, Atlanta community. And Rashida, of course, knocks out the side. And they also offer catering and special event planning. And I promise you, this will not be the last time we talk about these fellows. As news breaks, as more information is given, I'm going to even try to reach out to some of them myself to see if we can get a little bit of uh, insight on how the process is going throughout. And I'll keep you guys updated this week in barbecue. Next up, we've got a bit of news from Brian Furman, who's just announced that he has finished speaking with his general contractor and the future is bright here in Atlanta and Riverside, where he plans on opening up his next location. Uh, if you've listened to previous episodes, you've heard me cover that, unfortunately, his previous location burnt down, but due to his tenacity, his drive and just unrelenting hard work, Brian has pushed through and is opening up another location and uh he's just unstoppable he posted a picture today which i'll link in the bio of him standing in what will eventually be his future office and base of operations for brian Furman barbecue and i think that's just wonderful um to have lost your restaurant not once but twice and still have the love not just for the craft of barbecue and the passion that goes into it but for serving people that food enough so much so that you decided hey i'm not gonna let it stop me i'm gonna do it again and again and just open up it's a a, a wonderful story a wonderful tale um brian has actually recently did a, a a sit down with i believe chef uh justin sutherland and i'll link back to that where he speaks on the property and the craft of barbecue and what he loves about cooking and he actually gives a visual they're actually sitting on what is going to be the new location for brian Furman barbecue so b brother uh, a million congratulations you're an inspiration not just to me but to the community and so many others just your drive and, and your your level of hard work and dedication to just continue to persevere i love to see this story had to speak on it wishing you the absolute best and i will continue reporting on it as news breaks and updates are available now last week you heard me talk of a barbecue who were slinging and going head first into offering amazing vegan barbecue options with an extremely limited meat-based option well i guess that's sort of the new trend because this week we're going to be speaking about pure grit barbecue now pure grit barbecue is a, a concept founded by uh, i believe carrie fitzmorris and the whole goal is to offer vegan barbecue now they've acquired investing and banking i believe from an angel investor and i'll read it directly for you guys here uh, how it all started started was uh following a trip to Austin, where Fitzmaurice experienced Texas's infamous barbecue scene, uh, she noticed there was no vegan options and realized that plant-based cuisine needed to be a part of the conversation. Now, not knocking, not judging, not anything. There's vegans any and everywhere, but the last place I'm going to try to find vegan options is at a Texas barbecue restaurant. But it goes to show you never know where you'll find inspiration for an idea that you can water and nourish and cause it to grow into something bigger and better uh, than yourself. Now, we'll continue on. She's going back up to New York 
where I can see this working. Definitely can see this working in New York or California or anywhere, but still those, those two places stick out. Um, and she's partnered with uh, vegan chef Nikki King, and they're collaborating and creating just a broad range and array of barbecue-focused vegan options. Um, Nikki, if you the name sounds familiar, was actually just featured on Netflix's show uh, Bad Vegan. So if you haven't checked that out, Netflix has a couple of good shows. Shameless plug, go check out American Barbecue Showdown season one. Um, <laughs> but I think this is is really uh, cool of a concept. The, it seems to be something that's happening more and more. I'm seeing it pop up as I do more and more research. And we'll see what happens. We'll see how the trend goes. Like I said, meat prices are at an all-time high right now. Uh so you've got to start shifting to alternative options. And some people love barbecue and the costs are really up there and they're just wanting to still sort of get that familiarity, even more just a communal aspect of it, that this could actually really take off. Who knows? But I can tell you one thing. We'll keep tracking the progress of this story and other stories involving vegan barbecue and vegan cuisine in the barbecue and open fire community and uh i'll keep reporting on it here but until then best of luck to this uh soon to be dynamic vegan duo and i can't wait to see what happens now a quick follow-up on a story from last week as well we mentioned that michael simon of barbecue brawl and so many other amazing shows that his restaurant mabel's barbecue uh, located on east 4th street is actually going to be featured on diners drive-ins and dives which is actually airing tonight friday um, april 29th so by the time you hear this is actually saturday so it's a little bit of old news which isn't all news old news after it's already done but uh if you're able to catch it and if you are listening i'm sure if you've got one of those streaming services you can hop back and uh re-watch it i think you can do it on hulu but i'm interested to get a little bit more insight into mabel's barbecue and see michael's approach to it I'm a giant foodie. I love all things fire. I love all things barbecue. So to to see a chef over there, you know, actual prestigious chef over there creating and crafting his take on barbecue, never know what little nuances and little bits you can pick up and skills you can apply to some of your own recipes and your cooks. So like I said, this will be a little late, but if you can catch it on a rerun or something, please do and let me know what you think of the episode. I'm excited to check it out. Now, as I mentioned before, here at This Week in Barbecue, we discuss the good, the bad, and everything in between. Sadly, not all barbecue is good barbecue. Not all barbecue businesses do everything that needs to be done. Today, we're reporting on Hard 8 Barbecue located in North Texas, which is a chain that was first founded in about 2003. Um, they have actually had to pay roughly $867,000 in back paid tips and overtime, according to a press release done uh, back actually last week, April 22nd. And wow. Um, <laughs> managers are not tipped employees. That's, that's just crazy to hear. Like managers should not be collecting tips uh, with everything that's going on. And it's already so hard to find consistent, reliable, ethical, and driven employees right now that the ones that you do have, you should definitely take care of. 
That is very important. No one wants to do work and feel unappreciated for it. And the fact that this went on and that it amassed such a huge amount is just bewildering to me. That's crazy. I worked for a very long time doing something that at a point I enjoyed, but then so many things shifted that the the importance placed on the employee and, and what we gave just sort of, you know, went out the window so much so that actually started to develop early onset carpal tunnel. I was, I developed a twitch. I was depressed, was not sleeping, was, you know, 14, 15 hour long days. It was just not the best scenario. And the best thing I ever did was get out of that role. And, um, the huge takeaway I took from that and I, I, I applied to myself and in my businesses now is, Show gratitude and appreciation for your employees and your staff and those who work with you or on you. I prefer to say everyone works with me um, because that's very, very important. You need to let them know their level of importance, not so that they have anything to hold over you, but to let them know they're appreciated and they're seen and that an effort is being made. And especially in a craft like barbecue where you're putting in so many hours just for one cut of meat and then serving so many, there's so many things that can happen around hot metal, flames, sharp knives. There's so many things going sideways. The last thing you want to do is deprive Rob and not treat those who are putting in the hard work properly. So sad that this story ever existed. I'm happy that it has been rectified. And just to those who are out there running their businesses, mom and pops, food trucks, pop-up shops, or multiple chains, be good to one another. You know, take care of those that are there helping your business thrive and grow, and they will take care of you. That much I can promise. Next, and another piece of uh, news and mildly, uh, you know, self-interest, I will be joining Kevin Bloodsoe, Roger Mooking, Joey Victorian, uh, Georgia Chase and a slew of others in Corsicana, Texas, May 14th. We are doing a giant barbecue and cookout and book signing and blues. We're putting it all out there, even the kitchen sink. There's literally a kitchen sink out there, too. You guys got to see the whole setup. Um, I'm extremely excited and honored to be a part of it. Not only am I in Kevin Bloodsoe's book, if you haven't snagged that, page 120, 121, amazing recipe there. Yes, I have it memorized. I will also get an opportunity to cook alongside him and Roger, who are just huge, huge fans of, you know, and we're just going to have a good time out in Texas at the Harbor Restaurant. I've posted up the flyer on this week's and barbecues instagram page and social media pages it's on all of my pages uh so you should check it out the info to buy a ticket is there i may do a little raffle actually yeah maybe i'll do that it's all coming now i think i'll do a raffle for a free ticket and a signed copy uh of kevin's book uh look we'll figure out some fun way to make that happen but i think it's going to be great i know it's going to be great uh, we've got a heck of a menu, fried catfish. I'm doing jerk chicken. So if you guys have ever wanted my jerk chicken and you're in Texas, I don't know of any jerk shops in uh, Texas, but if you've ever wanted it, now is the time to come get it. If I'm not mistaken, I think we sold roughly like 200 plus tickets in like the first 40 minutes or so. So snag them because they're going fast and we're definitely going to have a crowd. I can't wait to say hey to everyone. Please come through. 
don't be shy. I am slightly larger in real life, but just a giant teddy bear. But uh, just had to put that bit of news out there for you guys. And uh, let's get into this week's Q&A. All right, first up, we've got a question from Matt who asked, how do you manage your fire at low temps without flare-ups? There's a lot to dissect from this because I'm trying to understand exactly what particular um, rig he has because he says managing uh, your fire at low temps without flare-ups. So when I hear flare-ups, it makes me think that he's using something where it's direct heat. It's not an offset or reverse. That's more like a grill. So I'm approach it both ways, actually, because it can happen in both scenarios, but it's very unlikely in one over the other. The way I manage airflow in a in a grill, something using direct heat is roughly the same way I manage airflow in an offset in a way. It's about, um, or excuse me, temperature. It's about airflow. If I'm trying to get lower temps, I'm going to limit the amount of air that I have, and I'm not going to use a ton of fuel as well. If I'm really trying to keep the temperature low, maybe you're trying to smoke some cheese or smoke some salmon or something, I'm going to let an ember roll, get nice and red, and I'm going to put some green wood on that ember. So I'm going to have my heat but the moisture in that green wood is going to allow a heftier smoke without the heat rising too much. Now, what is green wood? I did a video that we just posted about seasoned wood, but nutshell of it is green wood is basically freshly chopped down wood or wood that has not yet been seasoned. Uh, so that's how I would make that approach if we're talking about like a typical grill format where you've got your plate, underneath is your heat source, and that's it. Now, if we're talking about an offset or a reverse flow and you're saying you're getting flare-ups, something has gone sideways really, really quickly just because of how they're designed, you technically shouldn't get a flare-up. And the ways you can get a flare-up would be if your deflector plate or your baffle inside of your rig adjacent to your firebox is covered in oil that's why it's very important to keep your rigs clean clean them out after hefty cooks get all that residue all that fat scrape it off get a palette knife make sure it's nice um, if that's just sitting and is built up and if you've let your fire get away from you and it's raging too much the deflective plate can get so hot that if you open it you create a reverse backdraft to where the heat is just sucked in so quickly and rages so hot that plate gets hot and can cause a fire. Or if you don't have uh, enough of a, a good strong connection between your firebox entry and your plate and a flame gets up there or ash or ember, which is why you got to clean out your firebox as you cook, scrape out those ashes and then ash catches wind of it. That's how you're going to get a flare up or just a giant fire and your offset turns into a huge rocket stove very, very quickly. It's very dangerous. If that should ever happen, if you're ever in a scenario like that and you don't have a fire extinguisher with you, which you should, um, baking soda is a great alternative to, to something like that. But uh, you get a fire extinguisher. Uh, shut down all the air. Fire needs air legitimately needs air there's no air no fire now it will take a, a while for the fire that's within your firebox and within your 
smoker to burn off the oxygen that's in there. But once it burns it out, it puts itself out. So you want to close down your dampers, close down your chimney, close down your door. If you have fasteners on there, fasten it. Just close it all down as best as you can. And that's going to help. Do not pour water on an oil fire. It will spread. It'll be very, very bad. But I know that was ridiculously long-winded for that uh, question. But I hope that helps clarify a few things, Matt. And thank you so much for asking it. Kylie and Mark ask, in a pellet smoker, what's the best way to pair dishes with wood types? Just through experimentation? I'm not the pellet guy, to be honest with you guys. But I appreciate the question either which way. Um... I think your guys' pellet bags actually have like recommendations on it, don't they? Don't they have like the fish and poultry icons and stuff on there? Like what goes what with what? Um, I would play around with mixing and I feel like that's one of the trickier parts with um, using pellets is getting that even distribution of wood and getting the even distribution of pellets to mix them properly. I guess if you dump them in a bucket and remember your ratios and shake it up, it's all mixed in properly. Uh, that could be a way. I, I just know for me, it's much easier and uh, for me to grab two splits of wood, boom, of oak, toss one split of hickory. There's my two to one. I know that all the time. I think getting that wood profile would be a little bit, uh, a little trickier to do. But a good thing to do is check the side of the bag. And there's also a couple of charts as well. And since you're using pellets, you don't face the issues in which I tell others in regards to when they're trying to pick a wood of what's available in your area. I would do a cook of all the meats you typically like to enjoy with one type of pellet and then do them again with another type of pellet and then another type of pellet. Experimentation, like you mentioned, is going to lead you to the best result. I can't identify, identify and just say mesquite on a pellet for this is going to work 100%. It may not work for you. It may not be your taste buds. I do know when I'm doing my briskets, I do finish it off just before wrap with some mesquite. And that's how I finish off a lot of my beef cooks. But that's just me. Hopefully that little tidbit of information and insight helps you with cooks on your rig, whether it be pellet or not. Next up, we've got a question from Zeke's Barbecue. What mixture is best for basting turkey? Thinking chicken broth, apple juice, and vinegar. Right on, brother. Uh, Zeke is uh, is an amazing, uh, just an amazing barbecue, amazing pit master, just an amazing guy all around. Uh, he's actually featured on my other podcast, Entro, which is for uh, business owners and entrepreneurs. If you haven't, check it out. Link in the show notes. But uh, Zeke, keep in mind, for me at least, when I'm basting turkeys, I try to keep in mind certain certain aspects of just what food likes, right? So fat loves acidity, and that's what you're going to get with a vinegar. There's not a ton of fat in turkey, right? That's sort of the whole issue with turkey because there isn't a lot of fat. It's so lean that it dries out. So I would do some of that, but I'd also find a way to incorporate some fats in there. I did a video where I explained that I'll make a compound butter, freeze it, slice it, put it onto the skin, put it within the cavities. Uh, I base with a very fatty solution at times to help add that flavor. Um, I do like the touch of, of vinegar. I, I would challenge you to maybe try some um, red wine vinegar mixed in with some 
olive oil as well, almost like you're making a vinaigrette, but I promise you the tartness and the flavors work. Um, but that'd be my suggestion for it. And I'll hit you up so we can get really deep in it. But I think what you've got so far works, but add some additional fat and maybe switch out the acid a bit, get some lemon zest or some fresh squeezed lemon juice. Thanks for the question, brother. And we'll finish it up with this amazing question from Olus Greaves who asked, if I had to do something other than cooking, what would it be? Well, um, I actually have a very expensive uh, piece of paper that says I can color inside the lines. I, my entire life, I thought I was going to be a cartoonist. I love cartoons. I love animation. I love fine art. I can paint, sculpt, draw, charcoal. It's a kind of a cool little party trick, you know. Um, haven't gotten to practice it or do it for a while because I've just been focusing on the businesses. But the times I do... I go all out. The labels for my rubs, I designed the logos for my branding, I designed and drew all those. I try to do it when I can, but nowhere near as much as I used to. Um, I do miss it. I haven't painted in, goodness, you know, eight plus years minimum, so I'd definitely be rusty there, but I always looked up to guys like Bob Ross and, you know, um, Mr. Rogers, though Mr. Rogers didn't draw. He had various people and artists on and there used to be this show called like Pappy's Land or Pappy's World where uh, there was this character that would try to stump Pappy by like drawing a random line or shape or something and Pappy would make a you know character out of it. So those were huge influences for me growing up and I would just constantly draw. I remember I was drawing in the back of my composition books, drawing on everything. I even... Uh, if you guys remember the era where airbrushed jean jackets were big with the rhinestones, I even had a little business like that going into middle school and high school. Always been this entrepreneurial hustler. Uh, but yeah, if I wasn't cooking, I would be in the world of art in some way, whether it be digital or tangible media, sketching something. Uh, who knows, maybe I'll bring a, a canvas uh, to my next pop-up and just start, you know, doing a little Bob Ross painting on my smoker penny there. Happy little smokestacks. <laughs> I appreciate the question. That took me, that took me back there. Haven't had that asked before, but right on. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. It has been an amazing episode, at least for me. Hope it has been for you guys as well on this weekend barbecue. If you haven't already, it would mean the world to me. If you'd like, subscribe. Let's run that back. If you'd like, subscribe and share and leave a review. I kind of want to know how I'm doing. You guys have been increasing the plays and uh, thank you because we've just gotten the page over a thousand followers. So thank you guys so much. And I can't wait to share all the amazing adventures coming up because we've got some really big news coming up in two weeks. And uh, till then, you guys take care. Be good to one another.